Well, thank you guys for leading in worship this morning, and uh, I'm excited and again thankful that you're here today. We're in Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter number 24 is where we are today, and uh, talking about a living hope, uh, a living hope. When you're talking about Easter, excited about Easter time. You know, Easter is, is, is the greatest day on a Christian calendar. Uh, uh, out of any other day of the year, we celebrate, and again, I know, that, I know that we celebrate a risen Savior every day of the year, right? I mean, I'm excited about that, but Easter is that time that we say, I mean, this is all about Easter. It's all about Resurrection Sunday, and uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm thankful for this Easter celebration, and uh, when you're talking about our celebrations, we have Christmas, and we celebrate the birth of Christ, and I'm excited about the birth of Christ, but you know what? It was the blood and not the birth. That covered my sins. And uh, when you're talking about Jesus Christ, he came, he came to die. He came uh, to redeem you and me. He came to pay the price for my sin and for your sins so that we who have no life, who have no hope can have life. We can have hope because of Jesus Christ this morning. I'm thankful today for a risen Savior. And uh, you know, the Bible tells us in John chapter number three, when you're talking about Jesus coming, John chapter three, verses 16 and 17, very familiar verses. For God so loved the world that he came. He loved you and me. For God so loved the world. That's a good statement. He came into this world and he laid down his life for you and for me. He paid a price for your sins and for my sins. That's what the Bible tells us. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God came into this world not to condemn this world. He didn't come here just to make us feel bad. He didn't come here to say, you sorry group of sinners. He didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And this morning, just a question that I have for you. Are you saved? Are you born again? Do you know Jesus Christ intimately? Uh, Today, we're not talking about religion. We're talking about a relationship with a risen Savior, a living hope. That's what we have in Jesus Christ. Very different, very unique than any other religion on the face of the planet. We have a risen Savior. It's huge difference when you're talking about major mainline uh, religions of the world. In 632 AD, Muhammad was laid to rest at Mecca, and he was never to rise again. In 479 BC, Confucius was laid to rest in Lu China, and he's never to rise again. In 544 BC, was laid to rest in Lambina, India, and he was never to raise again. But Jesus Christ, born of a virgin in a little town called Bethlehem, laid down his life on the cross in Jerusalem, was buried, and three days later, he was up from the grave. He's alive today. I'm excited that we have a risen Savior. And he did that for you and for me, because the Bible teaches us in Romans 3.23, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us, every single person in this room was born with a sinful nature. It's the reason why I sin. I'm prone to wander. Even still, as a believer, I still have an old fleshly side of myself that's prone to wander, but God so loved me that he sent his son into this world. In fact, the Bible goes on to say in Romans chapter number six and verse number 23, for the wages of my sin, what I, what I need to pay for my sin, there's a payment, there's a payment. The wages of my sin 
is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so today, when we're talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you know what it is, kind of, sort of? You can look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ as if it is God's receipt that your sin debt has been paid in full. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're coming from. And sometimes people struggle greatly. You just don't know what I've done. No, I don't, but God does. And while we were still sinners, he demonstrated his great love for you and for me and that he laid down his life on the cross. And the Bible says it like this in Hebrews chapter number 10, verses 11 and following. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 and following. By this, we'll, uh, we have been sanctified uh, through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Every priest stands daily, ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But he, talking about Jesus Christ, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And so I'm grateful to God. It's one thing to know the Easter... Easter story, but it's another thing to know the risen Savior. It's one thing to know about the Easter story. It's another thing to meet the risen Savior. And the question is, have you met the risen Savior? Has he changed your life? Because that's what he does. He changes us from the inside out. When we get saved, when we get born again, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 17, if any man be in Christ, if anybody, if anybody be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's a new creature. He's a new creature. Uh, he's got a new nature. I, I mix those two together. Na <laughs> he's been changed from the inside out. That's what he does. And, uh, and it's an amazing change. In fact, the Bible says Jesus himself said it. In John chapter number 10 and in verse number 10, he said, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Life in Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking about today. I want to encourage you to call on his name if you've never called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to call on his name. Have you been saved? Luke chapter 24 is where we are. We're going to pick up down in the story uh, down verse number 13. And so, uh, and so this whole Luke chapter number 24 is an incredible uh, part of Scripture, talking about resurrection day, the day that Jesus Christ was raised from the grave. And, uh, and the two Marys, if you're reading up until where we are this morning, if you the context, so here's what's happening. Uh, the Marys, the Marys and a couple of other ladies have gone down to the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they arrive at the tomb, the Bible says that the stone has been rolled away. And, uh, and we all know the stone was rolled away so that they could look in and see that he is not here. In fact, an angel came to the ladies, asked the question. Do you remember the story? You can read all about it here in the first few verses of this chapter. Uh, but, but, but the way the story goes, the angel said, hey, why are, you looking, why are you looking for the living one among the dead? He's not here. He's alive. Remember, and, and that's a great question. That's a question that we need to ask ourselves. Where are you looking for life today? I mean, that question is answered in a lot of different ways. Are you really looking for life in Jesus Christ, or is there something else? Is there somebody else? What are you looking for? Where are you looking for 
life this morning. And so, and so, and so these ladies, right, they're, they're, they're like, oh my gosh, she's not here. What in the world's going on? They run back and they find the apostles gathered together uh, still. And, and, and they start to tell them, hey, listen, we went down there and it's empty. It's empty. An angel came and talked to us and, and, and the grave's empty. And, and, and the Bible says they didn't believe them. Too good to be true. And in this story, this account, if you read all the accounts together, there were two that ran down there. This particular account, the Bible says that Peter ran down there. And uh, one of my favorite little parts of the Easter story is the part of Peter. Um, because, because Peter, if you remember the Easter story, right? Uh, it, was, it was Peter. It was Peter who, when, when he was in conversation with Jesus Christ, he was so adamant. And he said, I would never, I would never forsake you. I would never. I would die for you. You remember? And it was only moments later that he was confronted. He said, you're, you're one of his followers. And he said, no way. And later in the evening, hey, you, you knew him. I didn't know him. And a third time, you're a follower of Christ, aren't you? And he got ticked off. He said, no way. No. Adamant. And the rooster crowed. And the Bible says that Peter wept bitterly. I believe Peter was one that had lost hope. I believe Peter was one that had blown it, had blown it and felt like, will Jesus ever love me again? You ever blown it? You ever blown it? You ever been in that position where you feel like, man, I've blown it again and again and again and again? And you begin to question, could he still love me? Could he still forgive me? I have done so much. Could he forgive me? Peter was plagued with the question. And so hearing that there's been a resurrection, maybe, maybe. And somewhere along the way, he goes back, he finds in this story an empty grave. But somewhere along the way. He has an encounter with the risen Savior where he's restored, he's forgiven, and he experiences love. And this morning, you might be here, and you can relate to Peter. And I'm asking you, hey, and I want to let, let you know, because we have a risen Savior, there's hope for you. Because we have a God who loves us intimately and dearly and desires intimacy with you, you can have forgiveness of sins, whoever you are today. Well, the Bible goes on. <clears throat> Verse number 13, the story, and it says this, and behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all the things which had taken place. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are these words that you're exchanging with one another as you're walking? And they stood still, looking sad. And one of them named Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? <laughs> what are y'all talking about? 
And they said to him, the things about Jesus, the Nazarene, who was, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word in the sight of God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. But also some women uh, among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said, but him they did not see. And this morning, just talking about this encounter on the road to Emmaus, I want to pull out a couple of things as we uh, uh, have our time together today. But, but first, just notice the conversation that's had. Notice the conversation uh, that's had. What we're introduced to is we are introduced to <clears throat> Cleopas and Anonymous. We're not sure who the other one was. Uh, but here they are walking down. And, and, and they were people who were once were filled with hope. They were people who once had all the hope. Uh, but the hope was gone. The hope uh, had escaped them. Uh, because Jesus Christ, what was the word? Because Jesus Christ did not deliver as they expected him to deliver. He didn't deliver like they thought he was supposed to deliver. And so all hope was gone. They had the facts. They had the facts. They had scripture. They had the facts. But you know what they didn't have? They didn't have fire. They had the facts, but they, were lo- they, they, they had lost the fire. And this morning, it's my prayer that maybe you're here this morning. And maybe, maybe something's happened in your life where Jesus Christ didn't deliver. And you feel like, man, he just didn't deliver. He turned his back. He forsook me. He forgot about me. And your faith has been shaken. This morning, you need a touch from him. You need a touch from him. They're having a conversation as they walk down the road. And uh, and, and they're talking. Imagine a conversation. We're not exactly sure uh, how it went. But there was a conversation that was being had uh, between these two. And uh, uh, we've never seen anything like that. We've never seen anything like that. We've never seen someone so brutally beaten like that in all of our life. And even in the midst of his brutal beating and persecution and crucifixion, it was as, it was as if he just embraced it. We've never seen anything like that. The facts. And Jesus comes along. He starts... I, I just, it's such a, to me, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's almost a humorous story where Jesus Christ, it's as if there's a twinkle in his eye and laughing in the heart as he says, what are you guys talking about? I said, you mean to tell us that you, you, you've got to be the only one that's been to Jerusalem and you don't know what we're talking about. And they, and, and they had the facts and they talked about Jesus Christ and they said, oh, he, he was, he was, he was a prophet, mighty indeed. In fact, in fact, we don't know of a better person than Jesus Christ. We watched him speak. We, 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 we heard a story of, of, of how he walked on the water, how he spoke to the winds and the waves, and, and, and he told them to calm down, and they did. Uh, we, were there, we were there when, when he, took a, he took a little Happy Meal and fed 5,000 people out there. In fact, there were more than that. We were there. You know what he did? He... he, he he, he's taken dead people and he's risen. He, he, he raised dead people from the grave. He took people that couldn't walk 
He took people that couldn't walk and let them walk. He took people that couldn't see and he gave them their eyesight. He loved people. And these religious leaders killed him. We had hoped that he was the redeemer. Implying he's not. It's interesting when you're reading this passage of scripture and you go down to the that verse and verse number 16 it says but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him <laughs> but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. I'm not sure exactly uh, what that was about. Why would he do that? I'm not exactly sure. I have my speculations uh, but 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 the problem that they had, the problem that they had was that they weren't believing. Uh, there was no faith. There was no faith. And the Bible is very clear that faith, faith, uh, uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. The Bible teaches us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 6. And so the question has to be asked, well, how do you get faith? If it's impossible to please God Almighty without faith, then how do you get faith? You know what the Bible says? The Bible gives us the answer in Romans chapter number 10 and in verse number 17. The Bible says this, for faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not about seeing, it's by hearing. A lot of times we feel like, you know, hey, if I could just see a sign. In fact, Jesus Christ himself talked about that. Remember the story? There's a story in scripture uh, where there was a rich man and Lazarus and both of them had died. And, 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 and the rich man ended up in hell, and, and, and Lazarus was in the bosom of Abraham. And, 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 and the rich man that was in hell uh, uh, asked, made a request, made a request and said, Oh, if you would please send somebody back from the dead, if you'd go and send Lazarus back up there to my family, then, then they would surely believe. And do you remember the reply that Jesus gave? They have the scriptures. It's not what they see. Faith is not about what I've seen. It's about what I've heard. In fact, when you're talking about <clears throat> sight and when you're talking about belief, we don't believe because we see, but we see because we believe. What do we believe? Well, <clears throat> in all... That has been written. We believe in all that has been written. The Bible says over in John 20, verse number 29, the Bible says, Jesus said to them, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are those who did not see and yet believed. And he goes on here, even in these passages of Scripture, and he talks about believing in all of his word. And, 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 so, and so one of the problems that we have today is that there, there are people who don't believe in all that has been written. There are entire churches. There are entire churches. Listen, there's a lot of churches that are gathering today that have some of the facts, but they're lacking fire. And you know why they're lacking fire? Because they're not believing all that's been written. It's the approach to God's word. I mean, seriously, when you're talking about God's word, there's a lot of folks that want to explain away the miracles. Or, they, or they'll contextualize passages and say, well, that really doesn't have anything to do with us today because it was written in a different time period. Well, you can make that statement about everything in Scripture. 
You know what I believe? I believe that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I, I believe that he spoke everything into existence out of nothingness. I believe everything that the Bible has to say to us, and I believe it literally. In fact, when you're reading through, through Scripture passage, I believe that, 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 that Moses, when he raised a stick up, that the Red Sea parted supernaturally. God did it. Don't try to explain it away. Well, you know, in that period, that part of the country, that part of the world, there's a wind that comes across there at a certain time, and it just kind of blows it all back. No, man, God Almighty said, and it did. That's how it happened. Read, read scripture. When, when, when you're talking about Jonah, you know, Jonah got swallowed up by a fish, spent three days on a flown blubber mattress sleeping in that belly of a fish. Literally, he did. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fire, and they danced around in the fire. They came out and didn't even smell like smoke. You can't go to Waffle House without walking out and smell like smoke, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But I believe, I, 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 believe that, I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. Supernaturally. And I believe that he didn't ever sin in his life. He didn't know any sin. He never sinned. I believe that he laid down his life on a cross. And I believe that three days later, he conquered death in the grave and, and, and came up from the grave. I believe that, man, there were people standing around and watched the ascension of Jesus Christ as he went back to heaven. And I believe, you know what I believe? I believe one of these days he's coming again. It's coming again. I believe that. I believe that when you're talking about the word of God, the word of God is infallible. I believe the word of God is inerrant. It's without error. Why? Because it's inspired by God. And because it's God's word, it's authoritative in every area of life. And if you ever go to church that tries to explain it away, run. Run. There's no fire there. You gotta believe all that God has said, believing all that God has said. When you look at these fellas, they were believing a lot of things, but scripture was clear. Jesus Christ himself was clear what was gonna happen. They even had the details. There was an empty grave, but they didn't believe. They were questioning because he didn't deliver like they expected him to deliver. And you know what they needed? They didn't need to see something. They needed to hear something. They needed to hear a word. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so Jesus Christ all of a sudden gives an explanation of scripture. He, he, he starts. And the Bible says in verse number 25 that Jesus all of a sudden, he said to them, O foolish men, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. You, put, you pulled some of it, but not all of it. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all of the scriptures. Wouldn't you have loved to be there? To hear Jesus basically give an Old Testament survey? That's what he did. Uh, he, said, he said, hey, listen, when you're talking about the scriptures, when you're talking about the Bible that you have, the Old Testament, do you know that Jesus Christ is in the Old Testament? It's all about him. In fact, I've heard the Bible referred to as a hymn book uh, because it's all about him. 
Uh, it's all about him. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about him, the person, with one theme. What's the theme of all of Scripture? The redemption of mankind. One theme through Scripture. So when you're reading the Old Testament, if you want to understand the Old Testament, what do you have to do? You look for Jesus Christ in the Old Testament because he's there. It's all about him. It's all about him. And so he goes, and we don't know exactly where he went. We don't know the stories that he must have told them. They had some time as they were walking down the road. And, and, and when you look at the Old Testament, there's so many different stories and so many different directions that you can go. Uh, I think maybe, maybe he started there in the book of Genesis. Maybe he talked about Abraham and Isaac. Abraham and Isaac on Mount Moriah. You remember Abraham who had his one and only son Isaac. And it was time to lay him down and sacrifice his son. And Isaac was looking as they were walking up together. And the Bible says that, he said, well, we, we have the wood uh, for the fire. And, and, and we have the sticks and the stones and everything else. But, but dad, where's the sacrifice? And you know what Abraham said? God will provide. He provided a substitute. A substitute. His son is a substitute for you and for me. Maybe, maybe he talked about uh, the Passover lamb. Uh, the Passover lamb. Remember they celebrate the Passover? And in Exodus, over in the book of Exodus, we're talk, we're, where they talk about the Passover lamb, Exodus uh, chapter number 12, and, and, and all of a sudden it says, there was a, you got to take a lamb, and you, and you take a spotless lamb, and you slay that spotless lamb and you take his blood and you put it over the doorposts and over your windows of your house and and and, and the death angel will pass by will pass over you will be safe because of the blood of the spotless lamb Jesus said you know who that's talking about it's a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ it's a foreshadowing you know the story have you read the story of Noah and the judgment of God fell on mankind but there was a boat that was built to rescue and that boat only had one door to enter into it? I mean, you couldn't pick a way. You couldn't pick a path but there was only one door and if you got inside of that boat that boat was covered with, with pitch which is a word that's used to describe atonement. It's covered. And as a result, as a result of getting on board the boat, the Bible says God shut them in. God shut the door. Assurance to salvation. And do you know that the people who got on board the boat by faith didn't have one drip drop of judgment touch them? You know what happens when you get into the Lord Jesus Christ? He took the judgment for you. You won't experience one drip drop of judgment. Uh, he could go on and on just talking about these Old Testament stories. Uh, probably my favorite. In fact, John, uh, John chapter 3 goes on to talk about the story that we find in Numbers. Hey, listen, listen. In, in, in the book of Numbers, we, see, we, we read a story, and, and, and maybe, maybe Jesus talked about the story from Numbers where he said, hey, how about when the children of Israel, when the children of Israel, there were serpents that came into the camp. 
serpents that came, fiery serpents, and, and, and they bit people. And, 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 and there was no hope. There was no rescue. It was a fatal, fatal bite. And God said, hey, take a serpent, put it on a stick and hold it up. And whoever, by faith, will look and live, they can look and live. He said, that's, that's, that's a picture of Jesus. That's a picture of Jesus. There was a conversation that was had with Jesus Christ and these people. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter number 8 and in verse number 17, Proverbs chapter number 8, verse number 17, I love those who love me and those who diligently seek me will find me. And those who diligently seek me will find me. <clears throat> Can I ask a serious question? And, 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 I, and I would invite you to ask yourself this question. Number one, what do I believe about eternal life? What do I believe, number one? And number two, why do I believe it? What do I believe and why do I believe it? Because I, I believe this to be true. Even though we're talking about an eternal matter, eternity, there is a heaven, there is a hell. And we're talking about all eternity. And the question's got to be asked, how much time have you spent diligently studying the scriptures to find the answer? I think that there's a lot of people who just kind of like that dude that was asked the question, what do you believe? He said, ah, well, I just believe what the preacher believes. He says, well, what does the preacher believe? Well, he believes what I believe. <laughs> so, what, well, what do y'all believe? Oh, we believe the same thing. How much time have you spent searching the scriptures? Maybe, maybe you're here and you've never, you, you, you just, you've just approached it as a perception or as an assumption have you really searched the scriptures? Who is Jesus Christ? What did he do? And, and I want to encourage you. Search the scriptures. Take the gospel of John. One chapter a day. For the next 20, 21 days. And ask. God I want to know you. Would you. Would you. Reveal yourself to me. If you're lost today, if you've never been born again, I'm inviting you, I'm encouraging you. Don't just say, oh, I know the answer if you've never even studied the scriptures. Take time to study the scriptures. Open the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The next step in this whole encounter was the illumination step. Luke chapter 24 down verse number 28 and following. They approached the village where they were going and he acted as though he were going farther. But they urged him saying, stay with us for it is getting toward evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it. And breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were open and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, 
Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And that's exactly how it happens when a person gets born again. They hear the word of God. And you know what happens? The voice of God begins to speak. And there's a burning that happens on the inside. Do you know what the Bible says in John chapter 6 and verse 44? Jesus himself said, No man can come to me. Nobody can come to me unless the Father who sent me has drawn him. Do you know what that means this morning? You do not determine the day of your salvation. He gives you an invitation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anybody would hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we can experience intimacy together. This morning you may be here and the Holy Spirit of God has touched your heart. Say, man, I need Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to call on his name. <clears throat> God breathed on us. These fellows said, man, didn't we have holy heartburn there for a little while when we were hearing the word of God? Verse 48, jumping down, we have a commission that happens. He said, you're witnesses of these things. You're witnesses of these things. Do you know that when you're talking about our salvation, it comes with great responsibility. Uh, he says, you're, you're going to be my witnesses. I want the world to know um, that I love them. I want the world to know that I paid the price for their sin. I want the world to know that they can be saved by grace through faith. And if you has, have tasted my grace, you have the responsibility you are my plan A, that souls might be saved. And I don't have a plan B. So the question, there's a commissioning. I want you to be my witnesses. So the question this Easter would simply be this. If you, if you were the last witness left, would there be another soul saved? He said, I'm, I'm entrusting you with the gospel. I'm entrusting you with the answer. I'm entrusting you not to hammer COVID, but let me tell you something. If, 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 if people were halfway, just halfway, interested in a spiritual vaccine instead of the physical our world will change. The fact of the matter is, all have been bitten by fiery serpents. All have sinned. And it's fatal. It's fatal. With, with, without, hey, listen, without the right vaccine, you will perish and go to hell. But there's a vaccine. Let me ask you, brother and sister, That which has been entrusted to you, are you keeping it locked away? Jesus said, I want you to be witnesses for me. I want, I want you to be my witnesses, verse 48. And behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. 
but you're to stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. And you know what Jesus Christ did the rest of the story? He ascended to the right hand of the throne of God. And there was a day called Pentecost where the Holy Spirit of God came and filled the believers. And when a person today gets born again, they're filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Why? He's enabling you to do and to be what he's called you to do and who he's called you to be. So let me ask a couple questions. Number one, have you been born again? Because that's where it starts. That's life. And if you haven't, I want to invite you today to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this morning, I would encourage you to call on his name. If the Holy Spirit of God is knocking on the door of the heart, call on his name today. Number two, brothers and sisters, maybe you're here and you would say, you know what? I can relate to Peter. And I've been really struggling for a long time because I feel like I've blown it and blown it and blown it. And I don't know if God really loves me still. Can I tell you, he does. And the Bible even says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us, not of some, but of all unrighteousness. And today you can be restored in relationship. Man, that you'd be caught on fire again by the Holy Spirit of God. I would encourage you. Whatever God's laid on your heart to do, you do. What we're going to do is I'm going to pray, and after I pray, we're going to sing a song. And after we sing the song, <clears throat> we're going to be down front. Several people will be down here. And maybe you here this morning and say, I'd like to talk to somebody. I'd like to pray with somebody. Um, man, I want to be saved today. You come. Don't leave. You come. Love to talk with you. Love to pray with you right after we sing this closing song. So could you do me a favor now and join me for a time of prayer? Lord Jesus, I'm thankful for this day. I'm thankful for your love for us, your goodness to us, God, your mercies that are new every day. Thank you. And God, I thank you for this moment that we've had. I thank you for your word. And Lord Jesus, I'm just asking if you would speak into our lives. God, those that have never been born again, that that today would be the day of salvation. Father, for those that are have been carrying, really, the weight and the burden. God, that today would they would come and, and lay their burden down at your feet. And Father, that it would be left there. <laughs> we thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the life that's ours in Jesus Christ. Oh God, I pray for myself. I pray for my brothers and sisters who are here, Father. God, that that we would assume full responsibility as you have entrusted to us to be your witnesses. God, that we would be faithful. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for this morning. God, have your way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.